got to believe in what I'm selling. I always say I want to be this silent business partner in your business and I will own it, sell you what I believe will work for you Mm. because people are putting their faith in me. Meet Siobhan Johnston. Siobhan's story is one of the best examples of Mancunian grit and graft that I know. She's been in sales since she was 16, having worked for Thomas Cook on Market Street and has been a high-achieving sales account manager for both Manchester United and Manchester City. The reason I wanted you to hear from Siobhan, or Siobhan if you're speaking to her at work, is because she represents the salespeople of this city who build our businesses and develop our relationships. And we often talk about the Manchester worker bees. Well, these guys are the ones doing the work on the business front line. I'm Lisa Morton from Roland Ransfield, and this is We Built This City. Siobhan, thank you for joining me on We Built This City. Thank you for asking me, I'm privileged. Here at Hotel Football in heaven, overlooking the Theatre of Dreams, which was your work home for a long time. And we'll talk about that soon. You're a born and bred Manc. So you were born at North Manchester Hospital in Crumpsall. You were bred in Newton Heath and you now live in Failsworth. So first of all, I want to talk about how we met because it epitomises everything that Manchester's about in my view. So Maria Murphy, who's the wonderful Roland Dransfield Client Services Director, came into the office one morning. She'd been to an event the night before and she said, I've met somebody, she's amazing and she's going to be in your life. You've got to meet her as soon as you can. I absolutely love her. So I was very intrigued, obviously. I think the week later we met at an event at the Football Museum underneath the Michael Jackson statue and that was the start of a friendship that I know lasts forever. I started laughing with you then yeah, and I spent the last five years laughing with you and at, <laughs> at you. <me. laughs> and I just thought it was like an incredible romantic soul sister serendipity moment. Yeah. And a few months later, you bust the idea because you told me that I'd been on your list. So let's start with that. Tell me, because that's you all over. Yeah, so I'd moved from United over to Manchester City Football Club. It was when I started networking around Manchester, really, when I moved over to Man City. Going to different events, making contacts throughout the city. But we did have this hit list. So clients that had facilities over at Man United, obviously you thought, well, they might want a a table at Manchester City. So you were on my hit list. (laughs) And I can remember it was between me and another um, friend of mine, a colleague, ex-colleague. It was who was going to get you first or make contact. (laughs) And I think we'd emailed the office, we'd rang the office. And this one evening I'd gone out and um, met Maria and absolutely just fell in love with Maria. And she's like, oh, you need to meet my boss, the the owner of um, the company that I work for. And as soon as she said it, I went, I want to meet her. (laughs) And she was like, what? And I went, she's got a table at United, hasn't she? She was like, yeah, like, like, oh my God. And I think that's why probably the impression (laughs) where Maria went in the work the next day, she went, you've got to meet this person. But the night we actually met, I can remember, it'd been a really long day. City were at home that evening and it'd been really just one of them days where you just want to go home get your pyjamas on it was probably the first game that I wasn't working which was rare when you, when you work for a football club you know part and parcel is you work on a game night 
And I thought, I've got to go to this event. And I'd been, I can't remember who would invited me. I can't remember what the event was. I think it was, was it Gary? It was something to do with Gary Neville. I can't, I can't remember. remember. I think it might have been Jess that works here at Hotel Football had invited me. And as always, if I say I'm going to do something and I've promised somebody or I've said to somebody I'm going to show up, I show up. But I can remember driving and thinking, I really don't want to go here. <laughs> and lo and behold, I walked in on my own and what's smack bang into you Maria and I went I want you and you were like what and yes the rest is history and, uh, really. and I never bought that table you never bought that table no thanks <laughs> it sounds so mercenary Siobhan so one thing is for sure is that you're an utter grafter and you never give anything other than your absolute best and whether that's for work whether it's your DIY at yeah. home whether it's your Christmas lights whether it's your you know appearance your commitment to friendships mm your commitment to life you're full in aren't you you're fully yeah. engaged why is that so important to you and where do you think it came from I think growing up I was always a big kid so I had issues my way and I think for me it was always I wasn't the pretty girl or I wasn't the most popular girl I wasn't the first one to get picked on a sports day or something like that so I think building relationships with anybody and committing so just like the story then when I said I can remember really not wanting to go this night but I told somebody I was going to go so I turned up and I think you treat people how you want to be treated and that's something that I think my parents have have always installed in in me and my sister that you get out of things what you put in Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to treat people how you want to be treated and it's just it's not nice to be let down Mm -hmm. so I give everything my all and sometimes you've got to give everything your all because you're the only person that's, that's going to do it. Mm. So be it relationships, be it friendships, be it DIY in the house. If I don't do it, your nobody dad else it. Is, Yeah, my dad does <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bless him. Um, but I think that's where I get it from. It's probably from being a kid, not fitting in and you had to find mm. another way to fit in. That's incredible, really. And it's so true, your loyalty and your commitment. And if you're asked to do something, you know, absolutely, there's no chance you're not going to do that. And that's a really admirable quality. You've worked very hard consistently since leaving school. And that's another um, (laughs) story because you will admit you left with virtually no qualifications, didn't you? I did leave with no qualifications. And as you know, I am now currently sitting a degree, but I can't pass my maths GCSE. And it's like fourth time up Eve next January where I just can't pass my maths GCSE. I hated school. I, I tell a lie, I didn't hate school. I was this angel, as my mum called me, up to being 13 so 100% attendance in primary school I was a school prefect I was this model child and then at 13 I just became this monster this I wouldn't even say I was thinking about this the other night I wouldn't even say I got in with the wrong crowd it was just I wanted again probably to fit in and so you know it'd be going out in the park on a Friday night and getting a bottle of cider and I mean I'd look back now and my niece is 13 and I just think oh my god she's so angelic (laughs) total opposite of me I was just a monster so yeah I left school no I I got I got English that was the only thing I got was (laughs) English that was it and I went on a girl's holiday 
to Butlins of all places, <laughs> Skegness, my first girls' holiday. And I literally got home and my mum had enrolled me in college to do travelling tourism and had got me a Saturday job as a travel agent in a well-known travel company in Manchester. And the rest is history. <laughs> and how was that for you? I mean, that must have been a shock to your system when you just came back from Butlins and you're you, in the travel industry. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> again... My dad and my mum, my mum's really not laid back, but very sweet. Whereas my dad, it was, you go to work or you, you get out. So reluctantly, I went to college because I think it was that if you don't go, you better find somewhere else to live. So yes, I started the college and I started um, on the Saturday job. And the owner of the travel company, after a couple of weeks, went, sat college off and come and work for me full time. And I was on £35 a week as a YTS. I think my mum and dad took £20 off me a week. <laughs> so I had £15 to live off. They'd obviously pay for my bus there and my lunch and everything. But that £15 lasted me all weekend and I'd be out all weekend. <laughs> and I think things like that, now you look back and again, it's what makes you, you know, I'm sure you're going to ask me some of the stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, it was character. And I remember another boss of mine when I was a club rep, he used to always say it's character building. Mm. And I'm a great believer in that, that your life's mapped out in front of you. Mm. And I think everything in life happens for a reason. Mm. Again, how we met, you know, it's it definitely made me the person I am mm. today. And it's doing those sure. hard jobs, isn't it? It's yeah. not it's not expecting that you're going to get everything tomorrow. No. It's prepared, being prepared to put that graft in, which yeah. is, and you still do that now. I mean, you still, you were here in uh, Gary's place, you know, attack the day. That's what you do every yeah. single day, don't you? Yeah. And so tell us a couple of stories about the travel industry then, because it's, um, <laughs> that, as you say, it was character building stuff. Every Friday, my boss used to come in with, a carrier bags full of shop shopping and every friday afternoon she'd send me into manchester river shopping bags to go and return the items of clothes to marks and spencers or other well-known chain stores <laughs> not just marks and spencers and every week i went off and i remember a couple of times thinking why did she bought a size 22 pajama top when she was absolutely tiny and Anyway, you just get on with it. And it, it transpires that one afternoon I'm in Kendall's in Manchester and it was this boutique part of the store and I've gone up and I've, I've got this coat in this bag and I says, I'd like to return this for a credit note. It was credit notes and vouchers, remember? Mm-hmm. And this shop assistant said, okay, can you just wait here a moment? And I'm stood there and, you know... what? Looking, looking round as if no, nothing, you know, even entered my head what was going to happen next. And next thing, this burly security guard just comes striding over and said, the coat that you brought back is stolen. You're going to have to come with me. And I was like, oh no, like my boss. And she would never take calls off anybody that she didn't know. She would never. So... I'm in tears in the cells in Kendall's downstairs. You've actually got cells in the basement of Kendall's. In tears. And they kept ringing her and ringing her to to clarify my story. 
I, she wouldn't take the call because obviously she hasn't got a clue who's ringing her. She just didn't answer the phone to them. She was telling one of my ex-colleagues, I don't know who it is, tell them to ring back on Monday and I'm there in this cell. <laughs> so I ended up ringing my mum in floods of tears and my mum, I mean, God love her, my mum's a grafter. She was, you know, a civil servant for over 50 years. So I've rang my mum at work in absolute floods of tears. I think they let me ring my mum because I was like, you can't ring her, I need to tell her. And I'm like, mum... Well, she got on the phone to my ex-employee and she gave what for. And needless to say, I was released within about 10 minutes of that <laughs> phone call. But again, my mum's one of them. You can say what you want to her, but you don't mess with her family. No. So yeah, literally 10 minutes later, I was released and back to my place of work and um, a lot of apologies. And I don't think it happened again. I don't think I took shopping back ever again for her. <laughs> You know, obviously you're a natural kind of making friends and putting that stuff into relationships mm. and you're interested in people so do you think that's been one of the reasons for your success in sales would you say I think the most important part I've got to believe in what I'm selling mm. and it is about relationships and a lot of my clients become they're not just a client I always say in a new pitch now I am an account manager so I want to be this silent business partner in your business and I will own it sell you what I believe will work for you Mm. because people are putting their faith in me Mm. so I can't go along and go give me all your money and then it don't work Mm. and then that's it that's bad reputation on Mm. my behalf you know they'll go away and tell other people in business that I'm took all the money off them but they'll never send Bender with you again Mm. so it's always integrity where you've got to and I, I think it's one of something that me and you both believe in is it might not be the right time, they might not have the money, but in years to come, they might go, that girl that came to see me, and I've had that throughout my life, mm. where they've gone, you probably won't remember me, you came to see me three years ago, really liked you, it wasn't the right time for me, but can I? And I think that's where you lay your foundations down, and you give out what you want back mm. again. That's so true. I mean, I've seen that, I've been out with you with clients and stuff, and yeah. they're like, your, you know, they're like your family, aren't they? Yeah. They become friends yeah. um, and, and stay with you. Mm three different jobs and different places that you go to didn't you meet Ronaldo before you came to United yes I did I mean I'd like to say as well we've both improved with age you know I could find wine me and Ronaldo I did actually post a picture on Instagram and tagged him into it but he didn't reply because he forgot him there Um, nobody can forget you what are you talking about well no I was very very disappointed so when I worked at Thompson's on Market Street I was assistant manager at um, Manchester Market Street and every Thursday, him and Jemba Jemba used to come in and send money home. Every Thursday, without fail, them two would come in. It was just a, you build up this relationship with somebody didn't speak a lot of English, <laughs> but he'd always have been somewhere. And I remember one, one week him coming in and him pulling his jeans up for me to stroke his leg because he's had his, <laughs> he had his um, legs waxed. and oh it, it just... You you look back now and you think like it's you know you see him on the telly and you go I've stroked his leg you know it's very silky smooth as well but yeah nice guy dead dead humble and what really made me laugh when he, he came back to um, Old Trafford 
he was spotted outside of a post office in Stratford that's right, yeah. and that's the first thing and I think it was like a Thursday and I was like it's obviously been paid and he's sending money home so he's still doing it so this legacy of him sending money home so yeah oh I remember that story yeah. it was so funny when he was wasn't he spotted wasn't yeah. he in Stratford um, and you had an amazing time didn't you at Old Trafford yeah. and at United and you made some lifelong friends yeah. over there right yeah. there and it's like going to the game with the Queen when you come to a game with me. So you've got obviously Alan Keegan, voice of Old Trafford's a good mate of yours, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and Webby, who's at Hotel Football yeah. now. So who are some of those people that you really formed those friendships with? I mean, either behind the scenes or some of the players. I mean, for me, as you know, I'm a City fan, but <laughs> I've got a very soft spot for Manchester United. I believe it was the making of me. I'd gone through a really tough time. And this job literally landed in my lap. And I was out with a friend of mine last night who is a match day hostess. And we both sat next to each other nine years ago in the interview. And both of us were absolutely petrified. And this is a close friend of mine for life now. And it was just through going for this interview. And everybody used to say on a match day, oh, I bet you get to see the game and everything. And we didn't. We formed these beautiful friendship with me and the girls that worked as hostesses on a match day we just used to go and sit in the museum and natter or get our eyelashes done because one of them was a full-time beautician or get me fringe cutting or all kinds of things but um it's an institute and the people that work at Old Trafford the, the salt of the earth you know you're proud to put your uniform on on a match day. You're proud to drive in of the morning. And I'd gone through a really tough time. Lost a job, lost my house. And I was literally on the dole working a couple of hours in a sunbed shop. And somebody introduced me to The Secret. So putting it out there to the universe. And I'd got this book called Magic. And for 28 days, I had to do gratitude what I was thankful for in life and at the time it wasn't a lot because I had nothing and I'd lost everything and I remember putting down so you put out there to the universe what you want to achieve and it was a job for a well-known organization we can't get much more you know of an organization than United a black Audi TT that was one of the, that was my second thing and I can't remember what I was, I was talking to the girls about this last night I can't remember what the third was but within six months I had all three of them one of my friends was a match day hostess and she rings me this one day and she went I've just had an email from off United you would be absolutely perfect she said it's only a couple of hours every fortnight but you would be amazing but you've only got till five o'clock to apply for the interview in a couple of days so I went online, read this job description. I thought, I could do that on a match day. You know, just be nice to people and take them to the seats and this, that and the other. And then underneath it was a full-time sales exec. And I've read the job description. I thought, I can do that. And within a fortnight, I had not just one, but two jobs at United. Wow. And I can remember being absolutely overjoyed because, one, it was a job. I could have been working anywhere. But so I had to break it to my dad. <laughs> and I was absolutely I felt sick I thought he's just gonna go absolutely mental so I rang him I said dad I've um, got a job brilliant arm oh, made up whereabouts when you know it's just this dead silence daddy there you there yeah yeah 
Well, I'm not being funny, you know. Wayne Rooney's an Evertonian. He just goes in there and takes his money, and that's what you've got to do. Just go in and take the money. And you know what? It's probably the best advice that I ever got because, you know, I literally was top salesperson for Man United. and But I have got that special relationship with United Mm. that it was home for quite a while Mm. and the people that work here there used to be our office was behind the ticket office and it was a shed and we used to call it the shed of dreams (laughs) and one of the guys that I worked with Scott actually put on last week this lorry taking the shed away and he put this broken heart and part of me was like that was home and it was we used to call it the shed of dreams (laughs) yeah and so obviously you come to the games with me quite a lot yeah. don't you and there's lots and lots of people who know you and uh, want to chat to you but I have to just remind you of the game when you'd not check the fixtures list yeah. go on so anybody who knows me and again today I've wore a red blazer because I'm even though we're not in um United I feel like I have to wear red today I couldn't turn up here with blue so I always like to have the right outfit Mm -hmm. for the right occasion against something that I get off my mother um so you'd invited me I can't remember if it was last minute or I just hadn't checked (laughs) I remember walking down um (laughs) some that busby way and I had these mustard, I mean, the gorgeous pants, to be fair, mustard you a million dollars. flare pants on. And I can't, was it a, some, some bloke a went... A black jacket. Yeah. And then, and then a mustard and black a, scarf. Yeah. And the, the, I remember getting, like, these looks off these United fans, and I'm thinking, look at me like that for... And it's because they were playing Wolves. So they thought I was an away fan. And all day I just kept apologising to everybody going, I'm not a Wolves fan. It's all right, I'm not a Wolves oh, fan. So I don't like you were on. Yeah, and as soon as you see me, you just burst out oh, laughing. God, and went, and so I went, I just did it. I think I had like a face on me at that point going, I didn't check the fixtures. It was just... That walk of shame that you had to do. It's like parting the, it part the waves or the way you're doing And it was, I don't know when you were thinking, why is everybody giving me dirty looks? <laughs> then I realised. <laughs> and then you were headhunted by that place on the other side of the city <laughs> yeah. um, to help them sell the tunnel club so that in itself I mean everyone knew the tunnel club yeah. was coming it was a massive it was about it was the huge. biggest job going it was wasn't it third, so, yeah, it so was how was that when you got that call so it's a first in world football and yeah it was as you can imagine being a city fan you know getting asked if you'd like to go and work at Man City it was you know, all your dreams come true kind of thing. My dad was over the moon. Mm. I remember my dad saying it's the nearest thing he's ever going to have to a son playing, you know, on a football pitch. <laughs> and again, I mean, working for Manchester City Football Club, they do so much for the community. Mm. And being more local, being from North Manchester, I've grown up and seen the investment that they put in around the Etihad. And it was just a fantastic place to work you know I started the same day as Pep so again my dad was just dining out on this you know it was just like yeah best signing he's made Ash fun or something you know and I remember being in meetings in staff meetings and he'd literally just walk in and sit behind you I mean I'm just mesmerized by Pep you know there's no in my eyes no manager out there like him his philosopher you know, what he puts into it is very much a leader 
and and leads by example and yeah it was an honor to say I've been in the same room as him and you're just mesmerized you know it's actually like you just get all tongue-tied my dad's got one picture in his apartment and it's a picture of me and Pep and even after my sister's gone there's no pictures of me or anything and it's not because it's a picture of me it's just it's a picture of Pep so but I remember being God I must have been about four or five going to Main Road with my dad on, on like a Tuesday night football game when we're in the conference league and you know you're both rolling a pie at half time I've been there and to watch City grow and to be in the position where they are, it's, it's you know, amazing. Mm. And that really goes through the club where it's a nice place to work. Mm. It really is. We're nice people. And even I saw that when we were lucky yeah. enough to be asked to work on Vincent Company's uh, yeah. testimonial tackle yeah. for Manchester and help to raise money for a bed every mm. night and to be... I mean, Vincent, he's one of the most oh, incredible yeah. men I've ever met. I mean, we're talking about leaders, mm. the same. I mean, mm. just such a genuine, heartfelt man with integrity. And that was, I mean, it's such a privilege. I mean, and then obviously you will yeah. come on to Hits in a minute, but you were involved with that yeah. through Hits Radio and supported. But just that night of his testimonial, mm. you pinch yourself moment in the gala dinner, yeah. um, the fundraiser, which we had Noel Gallagher at and yeah. the whole, you know, the first team there, Pet was there yeah. and Ollie came and I got chatting to yeah. Ollie because he'd not long been in the role. That whole, to feel the whole club behind what Vincent was trying to do Absolutely. and dedicate his mm. year to was actually a privilege to be mm. associated with. Mm. Yeah, and I think that again is... They are a team and, you know, what you see on the pitch where they work as a team, that's what you see if you see them walking round. It is very much a family. And then you got Hits on the phone. So, yeah, Hits obviously is the old Key 103, which is a Manchester, you know, in itself if you say Key say 103 everybody in Manchester yeah, knows what Key 103, 103 absolutely yeah. before that was Piccadilly Radio yeah. so yeah I work at Hits Radio and I absolutely love it I mean when we talk about team I don't work with a team I, we have a family and we are a family we're a mini family we all have each other's backs girls that I work with have all been there for 25 years I still say I'm the new girl and I've been there three years because you know but we are a family and especially through the pandemic first thing that goes in anybody's budgets is advertising so I was put on furlough for about six months and every day or every other day at least one of my colleagues or my boss would check in to make sure I was doing okay and it's, it's, it really has formed, for me, a love for where I work and who I work with. Mm. And it's, it's fun, you know, even down to the presenters or... Unfortunately now, because of COVID, we aren't working in the offices, but pre the pandemic, I could walk downstairs and Craig Davids had stood at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> and it's one of them where you go, hiya. And you go, I know him. And oh God, it's Craig David. It was just one of them places that you just thought it was one of your mates. They're like, hiya. <laughs> Seen you, I know you. Where do I know you? From you out on Manchester last night. But you, you, you do, oh God, yeah. And he'd sort of like, look, you go, hiya. <laughs> it was she. But it's a great place to work. Mm. And as I told you a couple of nights ago, my sister found an old diary of mine 
And I must have wrote this diary when I was 12, 13 years of age, so many years ago. And it says, when I, when I leave school, I want to work at... The first one was Virgin Holidays or Virgin Atlantic. I didn't work Virgin Atlantic, but I ended up in travel. The second one was Manchester City Football Club. I ended up working at Manchester City Football Club. And the third one was Key 103. <laughs> I mean, that was when I was 12... So when we say about putting it out there to the universe, which I'm a great believer in, I obviously had these skills and didn't even know about it when I was 12. That you put you put things out there and it comes back to you. So amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know that you believe in that so much. Mm. And I would say for any sceptic around things like that, you know, yeah. what's for you won't pass you. Yeah. If they listen to some of your stories, they would be completely convinced mm. that that's the way the universe works. Because I'm staggered mm. and there's things that you talked to me about that have then happened and, and yeah. I've also learned you used to laugh and think how's that happened but now it's like yeah of course it has because Absolutely. you make it you bring it to you, you don't you yourself. I mean and somebody who's oh, makes me laugh your psychic Stella Stel- oh, so yeah. I mean God, this I is Stella. <laughs> I get excited when you're going for your check-in yeah. with Stella yeah I call it my counselling session yeah it's every six to 12 months I'll go and see Stella and I know when I'm due I'll be like right everything goes out of sync I feel like I'm out of sync and I literally go and see psychic Stella and within an hour, it's like I've had a counselling session and it's just a, everything's going to be okay. I mean, she's been telling me I'm going to meet the man of my dreams for the last 10 years and I still haven't. But, but you will, what's for you won't pass yeah. you. But the amount of things that she has said over the years and you've heard recordings and stuff and it's happened and I've gone... I mean, we were sat on a beach in Mustique and I decided to just stick the earphones in and just listen to an old recording, which was about three, six months old. And she said, you're going to end up on this trip completely out of the blue don't question it it's going to be the you know once in a lifetime and you're going to meet new friends and form new relationships and it's just going to be the best holiday ever and I went oh my god listen to this oh, and that, that was, was like three to six months previously and we end up on a bloody holiday to Musty. Well, we might just talk about that now then. So to explain the fact that I got the call, yeah. I got the email on a very, very cold, miserable March morning yeah. to say if we could get myself to Musty, yeah. then we could have this party of our friends, my friends at the time, we've known for a very long time, his 50th. Mm-hmm. And the kids were overlooking my shoulder and they went, are you going to go? And I was like, bloody right, I'm yeah. going. And then... Um, I got a plus one yeah. and I phoned you up at work yeah. or oh, I text you. You text me. And you knew all about the trip, didn't you? Yeah, I and knew all about this trip. And what happened? What did you say to me after when you got the message? Well, first of all, I'd come out of this meeting and I, I read this, t- you know, you had to read something three times and a, a friend of mine who I work with, I, I ran over to her desk and I said, you're never going to have a guess what. And she's like, what? I went, Lisa just text me. She wants to know if I want to go to Mystique <laughs> VIP. Like, like just like, and, and, can you remember the band Mystique? Yeah. She was like looking at me as if to say, what? Like, she could, she knew like, you know, I'd always get VIP things and stuff like that. And she was, and I'm going, yeah, Mystique, Mystique. I can't, can't, can't believe I'm like Mystique. And she thought, why the hell are you so excited to go and see Mystique, like the band from the 90s that weren't even that good? And it was because I was saying it completely wrong. It was Mustique. And I, I, I do that a lot, as you well know. I get my words muddled up a hell of a lot. Where I don't worry, I've got a story. I'm going I'm to come on to that. Yeah. So we end up going to Mustique. Oh, and Siobhan, and this is again another 
thing that I love so much about is the fact that one of our values is keeping it real. Yeah. So I'd gone to St. Lucia a few days before yeah. and I met you at the airport to get that horrendous little plane, the yeah. hopper plane over to <laughs> Simulsty. You met me at the airport and keeping it real, you rocked up looking incredible as always. You had a Panama hat on yeah. that you'd worn from getting on the tr- the National Express yeah. coach at Chilson Street bus station yeah. about three days before, I think, yeah. you did the overnight coach down yeah. to Heathrow. It was horrendous. <laughs> I had to work that day. So the only way I could get there on time was getting this coach. So my dad drops me off at Charter. I've never gotten a coach in my life, never never done a bus journey in my life. But I was like, Dad, make it work. Don't, my mum's going, you sure you're going to be okay? My mum did me a packed lunch and everything, which I did within an hour of the bloody coach setting off. So I'm there, done up to the nines, you know, thinking I'm in Dinister, you know. <laughs> flying to St Lucia. And we get, I get us on this coach. Oh my days! I thought I was going to die in Birmingham. I actually thought <laughs> I, think I was going to. People I might thought, have thought that before. I was going to get mugged and die in Birmingham. We had to change at Birmingham, and it was midnight. And uh, yeah, I thought I was in some film, and I literally sat. Gets on this other coach. I didn't sleep at anything. I was petrified. And it was the longest year. It was like, what was it, 48 hours mm-hmm. I've not slept for. And I remember just saying on the night, I'm going to bed. I'm in this island. I'm not but you still had your fedora on. You looked amazing when you oh, said I didn't feel it, believe me. And also what we love about is the fact that your journey hasn't been straightforward. And no. you've kind of alluded to it before. When I first met you, you were really struggling. You were in a really bad place in your life. Although you were, at that point, really working hard mm. on getting out of that. But all along the way, you've always taken full responsibility those twists and turns, haven't yeah. you? You've yeah. always made it that you will find a way through yeah. and that you do dig into your resources. Mm. And safe to say that, for me, it's an example of how you can do that. It's possible mm. to find that, isn't it? And I know that you're very, very supportive to other people who yeah. struggle, who are struggling. In that time I've known you, there's been a whole new kind mm-hmm. of iteration of Siobhan Johnston, hasn't there? Yeah. How do you think you've got through? What did you dig into, would you say, in that period? There was no choice. You have to survive. And, I mean, when I say I was broken, I was on the gutter. It was not a nice time. I lost everything. And I literally had to start from scratch. You know, I didn't even have a car. I remember um, my second month's wage at, at Old Trafford getting a £250 car. Mm-hmm. And it was this purple Fiat. No, it wasn't. It was a is a, 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 a car, a car. car. Yeah, like a Ka. I called it Winner because she had the back doors kicked in and everything. <laughs> she was a right old woman. But that was the best two hundred fifty pound that I that I bought because I had to get the tram from here over to North Manchester every day, rain and everything. And it was a case of I had to, you know rebuild my life and there was no way I was giving up I I, I wanted to so many times and just think what is the point you know and being from North Manchester it isn't the most privileged of areas I always wanted to succeed and I think my family are my biggest cheerleaders you know my mum and dad are so proud of me but it was hard for them and I think it was a case of my very first job you don't like it you get out that's how I've been brought up you, you work you graft and 
I had to fight and I did. And I think starting here, maybe if I'd have got a job somewhere else, my story would be, would be completely different. Mm. You'd imagine pulling up with a banged out winner, £250 next to, you know, like the football players' cars <laughs> on, on the car park on a match day. But then it was a case of, right, oh, it's done me really good. I remember bus going on Smith, going into me and just going, it's all right, love, don't worry about it. I was like, this car was rotten. But again, after a bit, you think, oh, God, that Ferrari done half look nice next to my little KA car. So then it's the next thing, right, and I got me out of TT, what I wanted. So it was putting it out there, what I wanted, and it was it's like I have my lists, mm. I have a tick list. I have a list. I did it with the house mm. recently and everything gets ticked off mm. and like I say I could have started somewhere completely different it won't, It might not have been the same story but I think when you do work for institutes like this you want to yeah. bet yourself and you yeah. want to go further and then opportunities land in my lap and like you and even your son says I'd get where water wouldn't <laughs> and again yeah. you just you just strive to have a nice life yeah. because you go into nice places you surround yourself with nice people mm. and that's where I think mm. That gives you a push as well. That gives you a fire in your belly. And you tell me that sometimes you bump into people. I don't know anybody's got more friends on Facebook or yeah. whatever. You know, your connections are incredible. But sometimes you bump into people that you've not seen for a long time who are yeah. part of that old past. Yeah. Who say, it's incredible what have you done? I mean, they are absolutely genuinely amazed, like, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. It's and like, it's, and again, North Manchester, the people, we're proud people, yeah. you know. And if somebody does well, I mean, back to the Vincent Company story, um, there was that TV program Mantopia, about yeah, Man- with, Mantopia yeah. and I wasn't watching it or something and all of a sudden my phone starts going mad thinking, why is my phone going mad on like a Tuesday night and there's a scene of, it's the first one where it was Vincent Company's testimonial mm. and you've got um, Pep no it's, it's Sergio Aguero <laughs> like, they've done this clip and then Pep and then Ole and then me <laughs> and then Noel Gallagher and it was like this, and I thought, you know, you actually think, God, I've made it. Like, and people were saying to me, seeing you on telly, look at you on telly. I go, no. Or I post something on my Facebook because Adele, um, I watched the, the um, programme with Adele the other week and she says, you know, she, ha- she has imposter syndrome. There's been times when mm. I've been sat in a room mm. or at an event and I've actually thought, how the hell have I got her? I went to the NTAs a couple of weeks ago and I'm on stage with Bears dancing, you know. And it's just <laughs> I'm getting a selfie with Sophie Willard. Yes, I can't believe that. I know. And that was a game. You literally texted me, oh my God, she's there. And I turned around, she's behind yeah. me. And I went, can I have a picture of you? Because my friend just texted me this. So there's been situations where I just think, how the hell have I got her? And I honestly don't know. Look, putting it out there. Or working hard for mm-hmm. it. And I think surrounding yourself with, with people mm-hmm. that do enhance, Auntie Dimper's favourite saying, what does that person enhance in your life? And it took me a while to understand that fully, what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got to the point now where I only want people who are going to ha- enhance my life and me to enhance their yeah. lives in my life. Exactly. Well, I mean, one of our values is loyalty always. Yeah. And for me, you've got massive integrity. And that's how I see you as a friend with me and how I see you operate with other people. Yeah. What would you say of our values? What stands out for you out of those? That is my main one. Is it? It's loyalty. Uh, yeah. And I think you know I'm fiercely yeah. loyal. And yeah. I always say, once you've got me in your life, that's it. You never get rid of me. If you ever fell out with me, 
I'd be banging on your door as you well know. Um, <laughs> but I'm fiercely loyal. You Sometimes are. a little bit too loyal yeah. because if somebody upsets you, then that is it. I'm like... Rrr. We call you the silent MD of Roland Ramsdale yes. because you spot the yeah. saboteurs, don't you, yeah, before we do. do, yeah? Yeah, and then that's it. They're on my, they're on my list. And if I, <laughs> yeah. well, I won't be tired if I bump into any of these people. In Manchester, though, we'll be getting a bloody tongue lashing. <laughs> so loyalty is a thing. I live by that. If you haven't got loyalty, what have you got? You know, it's important to me. Um, and I think again, I've had my fingers burnt where I thought, you know, it throughout my life where you think other people are the same and unfortunately not. So that's my main one. And then my second one, see, I like all your values, <laughs> but I think I've got to go with walk a mile in another shoes. Mm. For me, that is so true because I've been literally rock bottom yeah. on the dole working in a sunbed shop part-time just to be able to pay my rent to bloody walking red carpets and mm. you never know there's a great story um and it was here at, at Old Trafford of um we used to have like lead board so if somebody came to the ticket office and, and you'd get you know builders or people bored on the lunch break come on let's go in and, and go and say we want to buy a box <laughs> And you'd, you'd be like, right, someone's at the counter and you'd roll your eyes, oh, it's not me, it's not me. This one day, somebody came in and he's in his builder's gear and he says, um, I'd like to buy a box. And so if you remember us all going, oh, and it, you know, you think, you, you think, please not be me, please not be me. And it ends up being one of my colleagues. And he goes in and it's this builder and in his scruffs and... He walks round and he said, which is the most expensive box? This one here. I'll take it. And it turned out this guy had won the lottery. It's one of them stories that I'll never forget and it's something that I've installed in every job. You never know who you're speaking mm-hmm. to and you can't look down your nose and you can't judge mm-hmm. somebody. You know, We probably then all would have thought, oh, God, here we go again. Mm-hmm. The guy won the lottery on the Saturday night and went and bought the most expensive box for three-year deal, you know, mm. at, at Manchester United. Mm. To look at him, you wouldn't have thought he had anything. Mm. And I think it's so important that you don't know who you're dealing with, who you're speaking to, or even what that person's going through. That's so true. Mm. Um, Millie's here, and Millie, we had that conversation this week, didn't we? Our team day last week, and it's Millie's favourite value. Yes. And we had exactly that conversation, and... It's about not prejudging people, isn't it? And being kind to everybody, you know, and that's a really great way to live your life. And Millie bought chocolates because she actually said, we had to bring something, and she brought it. She said, um, chocolates is like, you never know, one little chocolate. You give someone a chocolate in the day, they might be feeling a bit rubbish. Mm. They might just make them feel really thought about, and it's such a kind gesture. Yeah, even just a smile, you know, just smile at somebody when you walk past them in the street. My mum, in the summer, with lockdown, my mum went for a walk around the park or one day and she let on to every single person went mum why do you keep saying hi to me she went because it's just nice mm-hmm. to say you know you don't know what a person's having a bad day but she literally will say hi to everybody my mother you can do that in Manchester a lot of our uh, London clients say it's incredible how many people smile at you yeah. in Manchester and mm-hmm. you just someone think you're a lunatic if you did it in London yeah. so that is very true mm-hmm. um so legacy and I know yeah. you do that I mean the way you live every day you know you create that legacy and you create connections with people and you introduce people mm. and they go on to have great friendships mm. and great experiences and a lot of fun what's important to you about legacy and what would you want yours to be rocked it up 
<laughs> I left a million stories behind. Um, You'll definitely well, have done that. Yeah, I mean, for me, my family's so important to me. And, you know, I've got a beautiful niece and nephew and and two adopted ones with your two mm-hmm. as well. But for me, it's a case of when I'm an old woman, I want them to go, that was my auntie Siobhan. That, well, as as the kids call me Auntie Bonbon, that's my that was my Auntie Bonbon. <laughs> you know, even down to they say you're the best Auntie in the whole wide world, only because like they get to go in the box at the <laughs> arena or yeah. they get to go to press nights at flipping you know the theatre and stuff. But I think for me, that's the best legacy you can have is to have made a mark on people's lives to go, that's my friend or that was me, you know, that's my auntie, and that that's for me. Yeah. That just means everything to me. Yeah. I love it. Take us on to the quick fire Manchester round. Favourite Mancunian expression? Arcade. <laughs> what do you miss most about Manchester when you're not here? Oh, God. Um, when we went to London last week, I am a Mancunian through and through. And I remember saying to you, I don't like it down here. Just woke like up Manchester all weekend in London. <laughs> but I know it's... This city is just, it's a special place. And, you know, like we just said, they don't get it, the Southerners. They don't, you know. We're just a friendly bunch up here. Um, what do you order at the chippy? Oh, chips and gravy muffin. And it's a muffin. It's not, not a, a muffin. Pan, it's you a muffin. Know we disagree chips and gravy on that. muffin, loads of salt and vinegar. <laughs> Best Manchester event or party you've ever been to? Oh, and God. there's a lot for you to choose from here. <laughs> it's got to have been the Vincent Company one because it was so special. Um, it was such, I mean, the, who was in that room, who performed. Uh, that's got to be my favourite mm. one, is the Vincent Company yeah. testimonial. It was just it was incredible. incredible. It was an incredible yeah. night. Uh, uh, that, that's also yeah. mine. Okay, here's one for you. So, let's say it's one of those 12-hour girls' lunches that we have. <laughs> Them ones that you don't participate in. <laughs> Do you think I'll be all right if we drink from 5 till 12? You've been drinking all day, love. We started at 9 o'clock in the morning on the train. I do think I was somebody else yeah, that, I want, that I definitely want to 12 hour slash. Yeah. Um, if we go at 1, we'll be fine. We'll be home for 6 or yeah, 7. We'll yeah, be fine. We'll be yeah, bright for the yeah, Sunday. Yeah. And then it's 1 in the morning and we're mm. falling out of somewhere like Sarah yeah. Collins, who's also been on this, has still got the scar from falling yeah. out of Mechanica at 1 in the morning. <laughs> what would be the perfect 12 hour lunch, in inverted commas, for you? And which five Mancunians would you invite? It has to be the Ivy because the Ivy's my favourite place. Mm. As Dave Hollywood calls me, here she is, Ivy Royalty. I just call her. <laughs> like, on the green carpet. Yeah, like, I don't feel like her. So I get all like, oh, and then all the way just look and smile at me, and I feel like, feel like I should be doing the royal wave. Um, it would be the Ivy um, and five Mancunians. So I'll change that. It'd probably be Tunnel Club at Manchester City Football Club. Because I think that the venue, the facilities, is just second to none. Mm. Um, I'm not coming there, by the way. <laughs> who would they be playing? It wouldn't be Derby Day. I don't like Derby Days. They'd probably beat Liverpool, yeah. So that'd be that. Then I'd go to the Ivy, get a chef to make me my truffle mash that he makes especially for me in there. <laughs> then onto the roof terrace. Yeah, I think I'd stay in the Ivy. Would you? Yeah, or maybe... No Hotel Gotham. Oh, you used the, to, yeah, love, you like it there, don't you? Yeah, I love the yeah. views from Hotel yeah. Coffee. And the five people that I would have, don't know them or not know them, 
you know you don't have to know them who would you want who would you who would make that 12 hours interesting you don't have to say no I'd, I would be because you'd like have to take all the notes and tell me what I've done the next day like I like, normally do um, ooh, Pep's got to be on there yeah definitely Pep I, I probably wouldn't speak at all I'd just be like <laughs> staring into his eyes all day I would also say Vera Duckworth yes <laughs> tell you i do like going and we do do plus one every now and again carl mm. um is great company and yeah. simon his husband yeah. they are fantastic company i'm actually in their phone as siobhan not just for new year's eve <laughs> that's gospel honest truth that because we met on new year's eve and i went i'm not just for new year's eve you know and i'm actually in their phone as that and that's again five years six oh. years on that's so yeah that'd probably be yeah, it. it's a it. tough one me that. you pep me you pep yeah carl and simon and, and Vera Duckworth. And Vera Duckworth. Now that sounds like a great 12-hour lunch, yeah. doesn't it? I think there's some scars at the end of that, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so listen, lastly, what would you say to give anybody positivity and to encourage them that anything is possible? If you put it out there, you get it back. I'm quite passionate about, you know, kids leaving school who have not got a clue or getting, you know, wrong gangs or just a little shit like me, basically. But <laughs> they'd leave school and I think working class areas in Manchester they don't think that they're going to succeed or their exams everything hangs on these exams and it's the end of the world I left school nothing I've you know lost everything in the middle of it but some of the stories I've got some of the places I've been if I can do it anybody can do it oh that's wonderful and thanks so much for helping us to build the city with love and humour Siobhan Thank you so much for asking me. I'm absolutely privileged. Oh, and it's actually your birthday tomorrow. Yay. So uh, this is so lovely. And uh, thank you for being a true friend to me because I found you at a time in my life that I needed you. And vice versa. Oh, I feel emotional. Oh, don't start crying. I've got my eyelashes on. <laughs> <laughs> and also that you've been, a, you know, you have an amazing auntie to Alex and Nina and they tell you stuff they won't tell me yeah. and then you yeah. won't tell me what they yeah. told you. And for the fun and love you bring to so many people every day, that's your legacy, and I'm proud to be your friend, and I love Aww. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Siobhan Johnston built this city by putting it out to the universe, by showing up even when she doesn't feel like it, and by being a ripe wine like Ronaldo. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Built This City and for listening throughout the year. You'll hear from me again in 2022 when I'll be joined by another amazing born, bred or adopted Manc. That episode will be available on January the 13th. If you want to find out more about how Roland Dransfield can help you drive your values and create relationships that build your business success, then head over to rdpr.co.uk or you can find us on Instagram at Roland Dransfield or Twitter at RDPR Tweets or feel free to give us a call at the office on the same number we've had for 25 years on 0161 236 1122. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review and follow We Built This City. Thank you.